Well, Paul Benithan is my name, and right now I feel like a lion in a den of Daniels. <laughs> and uh, that was a wonderful sharing of your of your heart and of your soul, Pastor. And we we appreciate it. Thank you. Thanks for doing it well. I've been instructed to bring to you some thoughts about Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 has been read to us, uh, interviewed over, thought about, prayed about, sung about. But like most of Scripture, there is yet more that can be said. And so I pray in these few minutes that I have with you that we can do something worthwhile together and that I can only add to what you've already received. We've had a bit of a roast dinner already. I'm just the, I'm just the gravy dipper, all right? I'm just the gravy dipper. So please, Father God, as we come to your word, let it speak to our hearts today. Let it refresh us, attune us to your will, draw us closer to who you are and what your heart is toward us. And for that, Heavenly Father, we do give you thanks. We pray for all the fathers in this building today. We pray for those young men who are yet to be fathers but have been, by creation, given that opportunity in life to fulfill that role that you play in, Lord God. Father, we thank you for your grace upon them. We thank you, Lord God, for keeping them safe in an age that has become wandering of its gender. We pray, Lord God, for those men who are right now leading families, younger and older. Thank you for instructing our hearts that we would be better fathers to our children and indeed husbands to our wives. And Father, we thank you for the older men who now sit back and rest but cast an ever-weary eye over those who are coming after them to see the way that they would walk and the wisdom that they would manifest. Father, we thank you in Jesus' name. Amen. To pick up Brian's thought to begin, I'm glad we're not being introduced to a professor chair of the board, Father, Dean of Students, Jesus, and Professor Emeritus on Unknown Missions to All Over the Place, Holy Spirit. I'm glad we're not in an academic society. I'm glad we're not relating on academic roles. I'm glad that we have been uh, brought into a relationship with, which is Father. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. I'm so glad that I have a, a heavenly Father to relate to. I'm so glad that there is one who is, um, is honoured amongst the three as being, as being the one with the final word, as it were. Someone you can turn to and say, well, Father, what, what's your decision on this? What, what's the answer on this? 
And if I get an answer that I can't work out, I can look to Jesus, the Son, who reflects the Father intimately and exactly. And then if I still am struggling, and often am, I can pray, Holy Spirit, third person of the Godhead, come and teach me what I need to know. I'm so glad that God chose, has chosen to reveal himself to us as Father, in the fullness of time, Son, and in this age of grace, Holy Spirit. All working together in unity to draw us to himself. Praise his wonderful name. Hebrews 11 it's just that one of those wonderful chapters. I don't know whether it was punishment or whether it was uh, joy or blessing that Ben asked me to do Hebrews 11. Uh, it's, it's just already time just galloping away. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. Faith is simply currency. You spend money every day and think nothing of it. Well, maybe you think something of it. Maybe you're not sure what to think of it. But you spend money every day. You can't live without money. You can't live without faith. You don't live without faith. You are probably exercising faith that you don't even realise that you are exercising. The whole value of your relationship the whole strength of your relationship, the whole commitment of your relationship is because somewhere in you there is faith. Romans 12.3 says that to everyone has been given a measure of faith. And it's not whether your measure is bigger than my measure or whether my measure is greater than someone else's measure. The fact is we all have a measure. And we are to use it. And in one of the parables Jesus told, he actually, he actually sort of illustrated alongside of being like a muscle. He said, if you want to have strong faith, then use your muscle. That was when he told the servant. He said, the servant doesn't get the opportunity to come in and prepare his own food after a hot day's work. He has to prepare the master's food first. Then afterward, he can go and do what he... He said, it was, it was the master's opportunity to make the servant do his bidding. You have been given a measure of faith. You, I, each of us, it's up to us to use it. Verse 3 talks about and says this, it says that things that were made were not made out of things which appear. God didn't have the opportunity of a bunning store. Any here? I know you all like bunning stores. Or maybe uh, the Golden Grove, uh, Golden Grove uh, loam suppliers. Everyone loves those places. The soil just smells good. It just, it just look, it just, you just feel good being that close to, to some things that are good. God did not have a bunning store or a loam store around the corner to go and get some things and join things together and, oh, that looks like a good earth. I'll put it out there. A bit, oh, bit red, that's the sun. The Bible says that he spoke them into being. He spoke them into being. I'm not an evolutionist. Let me be right out front. Let, let, me, let me nail my colour to the wall back there. 
I think it's easier to believe in a God Almighty who can speak and things happen than to try and find some other excuse for the way we think it might have happened. Now, I'm sorry, I trust it doesn't offend anyone too much. Um, too bad if it does. I'm right. I have uh, fellows at work, we talk about some of these issues and they, um, across my working life and, and different places and, and uh, we, we discuss these things and uh, we, we were just talking about, and they said, well, well look, you're a Christian, look at you, 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 you follow all the rules, you're a goody two-shoes, you go to church on Sunday, you do a bit, and on and on, on, on they went, you know, you've got a good pair of shoes and the shoes and pants you wear on Sunday, you've got good clothes you wear, blah, 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 you know, they, on and on and on they went. And I said, and what does it cost me? How has it hurt me? How has it hurt me going to church one day a week on a Sunday in the morning? How, how has that hurt me? How has it hurt me believing in God? How has it hurt me that I would trust my life to a Saviour who gave his life for me, that by his shedding of his blood, he would uh, deal with my sin? How has that hurt me? Oh, well, you, have to, you have to go and do things. I said, but think of it this way. What happens if I'm right and you're wrong? What have you got to look forward to? They all know about that other place. They like to laugh about it because they're too afraid to think about it. They're too scared to contemplate what might be there, what might be their end result if they get there. Verse 6 says this, that without faith it's impossible to please God. And sometimes, oh, I haven't got enough faith, I can't do it. I've already told you, the Bible says you have a measure of faith. And if you read that verse carefully, it's not actually, it's not actually trying to uh, accentuate the negative. It's not actually trying to say, you naughty people, you, and try to beat you over the head and say, where's your faith? Use your faith. Come on, get into it. It's actually saying, you've got faith. Get excited about it and use your faith to see God move in your lives. I've never preached here before. I should apologize. I'm sorry if I get a bit excited. Um, that's just the way I am. Be, be thankful Ben's the way he is for you because you, you don't have to put up with me too often. But, but I, I, I can, yeah. So let's look, at, let's look at this issue of Father then. Let, let's see if we can take something from our Heavenly Father and see how we can make it, make it sit and see what we can learn from it. As earthly fathers, what can we learn from these passages of Scripture and what it means about our Heavenly Father? We've already had read to us today about faith by faith, Abraham, when he was called, obeyed, going out to a place which he was to receive as an inheritance. He went not knowing where he was going. F. He was faithful. Abram was faithful. Abraham was faithful to a promise. Faithful to a promise. God speaks into our lives. Be faithful in your acceptance as your role as spiritual head of the house. Spiritual head does not mean you are the boss. 
But spiritual head means that whatever decision is made, you take responsibility for it. It's okay to discuss and deliberate and delegate and talk with your wife. It's, it's okay to get into conversation and, and, and arrive at who's the best person to accomplish this task. It's okay. But let me say this. The buck stops with you, man. Husband, father, the buck stops with us. We need to approve it. We need to agree to it. Good fathers know the word and believe the promises. We've already heard that shared. And listen, listen to the gem of this. And even if we fail, and we do, I'm not proud of that, but we do. We fail. I've failed. I've failed along the way in life. I'm thankful that I have a heavenly father who never fails and is never unfaithful to us. He said he is always faithful to forgive us if we will but confess our sins. Faithful. So the first letter in Father is faithful. Second letter in Father is A. I said A for action. A for action. As I look through this passage of Scripture, I couldn't help but reach the point there where it mentions Joseph's name. And I got to cheer Joseph on and say that when he was caught in a situation of compromise, when he was caught in a moment of temptation, when he was caught to exercise some of his early manlyhood and find out what he was and who he was and what he could do, he ran from that place because it was the wrong place to be and it was the wrong thing to do. A great lesson from Joseph. Never get into a circumstance or a situation that's wrong and not run from it. Leave it behind. Let it go. Let it, let it be lost. Men, men like sports and hobbies and some like gardens and cars. Some, most of us just like downtime. I got any fairly downtime as the uh, sometimes it's called computer or screen time, but we just like downtime. This can lead to being lazy. Did I have to say that? Yes, I did. This can lead to being lazy. But usually when there's some sort of crisis, when something happens, we usually spring into action. Men, we just have to be careful that our laziness, that we don't lose the, the spring out of our sprung or the sprung out of our spring, that we can still spring into action when we need to, that we can still stand up and do the right thing. It's okay to have some downtime. It's okay to have some shed time. It's okay to have a hobby, but that hobby should never become the demanding or accentuated thing in our lives. Godly men work and fix things up. Grasp the opportunity to serve the family. T for is for teaching. T is for teaching. And, uh, and, and in this passage of Scripture, in verse 20, it says, By faith Isaac blessed Esau and Jacob 
even regarding the things to come. You see, <laughs> Isaac saw some things. He, he, knew he'd, he knew he'd had a trick played on him. He knew that, it, he knew that uh, Jacob had come and had the animal skin on his arm and he knew he'd had a trick played on him. And he really said to the boys, he said, boys, if you don't get over this problem in your life, it's going to bite you further on down the line. This is what I've discovered and observed in life. Whatever a father or whatever a boss allows, the employees or the family or the children will exploit it. Whatever one generation allows as a bit of a freedom or a bit of a moment or a, a bit of a, well, I'm really good most of the time, but I've just got this little, this is my little grey side. Whatever you allow will be exploited by the next generation. So when uh, these men are trying to work things out, when you don't have to look very far through Jacob's life to find out that he was deceptive on a number of occasions, in a number of situations. One of the things we need to do is teach our children, show them the way, show them right life skills. Whether you're in the shed, digging a trench in the backyard, school reports, in the sports yard, business, all are better... All, are, all children are better being taught and learning than being barked at by someone who's just got a big voice and exercising it. One little thought for the day here. Sesame Street has now taught nearly about 30 years of kids. It's great. Sesame Street realised that children at the age of two had a two-minute concentration span. The only problem is that we kept letting our children sit in front of Sesame Street until they were seven, eight and nine. And we wonder today why our children have a problem sitting still in church for 20 minutes. Because we've taught them, we've taught them to have a short attention span. Sesame Street maintains its popularity by constantly changing its program. We have to do something extra in teaching our children and bringing them to something better than where they've been. H is for hope. H is for hope. Verse 27 says that by faith he, that is Moses, left Egypt, not fearing the wrath of the king, for he endured as seeing him who is unseen. In other words, he could see God. He could see, he knew God's call was on his life and he pursued it. He had hope in his heart to last him the distance because God was at work in him. Good fathers need to instill hope into the hearts of their children. When I say good fathers, I mean by all means. By all means, embrace the help of your wife. Now, I happen to have a wife who is... Look, she's overflowing in hope and bubbliness and, uh, and she, can really, she can really wind things up. And so... I often handball that ball to her because I tend to be steady and staid and I don't move too fast. But my wife can bounce here and bounce there and get to the thing right away. And so it's not a thing that I can do easily. But for the sake of the children I'm there, 
For the sake of the children, I, I, I encourage my wife to, to do those things. So men, don't think like just because you have to be the fountain of youth or the fountain of all answers, the fountain of everything. Good fathers try and recognise their children's gifts and train them accordingly. I said to my boys numerous times, I want you guys and our daughter to achieve more than what I've ever done. And anything and everything that I have at my disposal is yours to get you further down the road than what I've got to do. I want them to be better at everything. I'm as pleased as anything they've, they've done university as long as they can put that into place and make it applicable to daily life and so that overall their life is better and further in front. So H was for hope. E is for example. Moses slew the, slew the, the lamb, put the, put the blood on the doorpost and celebrated Passover. He presented such a strong and lasting example. It lasted for over 1,600 years till Christ came and it still lasts in some sections of belief. Will your example last that long? This again I've discovered, that children find it much easier to copy what I'm doing than just to do what I say. In fact, they'll actually pull you up on your, and, and challenge your credibility if you ask them to do something else that you either haven't done or aren't doing. They're just cheeky enough to do that today. Well, don't swat them over the head and say, you lousy child. Use it as a teaching moment. And say, look, I'm taking you from here to there. But it takes discipline on your, yourself to actually accomplish that and to show the way. Finally... In, in Father is R. And the last R I've chosen is R for reliable. R for reliable. In verse 21 of Hebrews 11, it says, Jacob, as he was dying, blessed both the sons of Joseph and worshipped, leaning on the top of his staff. Now, I'm not sure what that last phrase means. I haven't researched it. But he blessed and he worshipped. If your children were to, if I could get round to your children and say, what would you say your mum and dad do? Have you ever seen them, do they worship? Well, how would you describe your mum and dad worshipping? Would they be able to describe your worship to me? No, I'm not going to do that because I'm not your judge. I'm not going to do that. I'm only going to alert you to something that you should be aware of. But one thing that a good father does is worships where his children can see him and he will bless them. He will bless them. He will bless them naturally. He will bless them out of his pocket, but he will bless them out of his heart. And I know for myself personally that the words that my dad spoke out of his heart are much more dearly treasured than the things that he might have given me out of his pocket or might have lent to me, or might have passed on to me. And we have a heavenly Father who is eternal and above all. We have one who cares about us intimately, who cares about us 
way beyond what we can imagine. You and I will one day stand before our, our maker. And when we see the picture of our life, lives run back, we will see things that we thought, oh, I thought that was my cleverness that did that. He'll say, no, that was one of my angels that got in there and supported you on that. Oh, I, I didn't think the crash was that bad. He said, no, that was because I had another angel get in there and hold the two vehicles apart. Oh, that, oh, that problem with electricity. One funny story as I finish. We'd only just been married. We moved to Geelong, Victoria. We had a big caravan. I had a big, long extension cable. I did a silly thing. Everyone listening? A silly thing. I plugged in the outlet part of the cable into the socket in the caravan park first without looking to see if the switch was on or off. Now, two wrong things. I shouldn't have plugged it in first and I should have checked to make sure the switch was... I didn't. I just, oh, I know what, I know what I'm doing. I'm young and 25. Of course, I know everything. She's right. Went to the other end of the cable picked up the bit of cable, ran my fingers across the wires at the end and promptly gave myself a shock. Whoa! That brought me back to life through it. Maybe you don't know so much after all. Listen to what your heavenly Father says. Listen to what his word says to your life. Stay open and soft to God's intimate voice to you. He's not going to bellow at you as I have this morning. He's not going to shout at you and, 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 and irritate your eardrums. He's going to speak softly and gently to your hearts. Open your hearts and hear your Father speaking to you. Father God, we thank you for your word today. We thank you for your grace that prevails over us. We thank you for your love that surrounds us. Father, nurture, nurture this whole service in our memories, Lord God, that we would, we would take hold of the good food that is there, that we would be strengthened for our daily journey by your word and by your testimony. And Lord, that we should live a life worthy of you and a blessing unto you. In Jesus' name, amen.